Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Well, let's praise the Lord together one more time. Can we do that for just a moment? Come on, give him a great praise all over this place one more time. Lord, we've come to praise you. We welcome you in this house. We thank you. Amen. Amen. I am glad to be with you today on the very first Sunday of a new year. And if you woke up this morning, you can have a praise in your spirit just for one reason and one reason alone, that this is the day the Lord has made. And if he's woke me up in another day, I can rejoice in that. And not only has he woke us up in another day, he's woke us up in another year. So I think we're in the right place today uh, to be in God's house with God's people is always a joy. And I want to say welcome to you today. I want to say thank you to the worship team. I want to say thank you to all of our teams, the tech teams and the dream team and everybody um, for being here today because it enables us to do what we're doing right now. I I just, um, I know that sometimes these holiday weekends can be a struggle to even have church sometimes with with all the people that it requires Uh, for some churches. I'm grateful that our church has such an amazing volunteer base uh, that we can even make two services happen today. So it's been a blessing. Hey, we've had a great Christmas season. We're coming into the new year. Um, We weren't with each other last Sunday um, with the holiday. We did a Sabbath, what we were calling a Sabbath Sunday, because we were in church just that Friday night. Um, That candlelight service, I loved it. It, I love it every year we do it, but I really loved it being um, on Christmas Eve and just kind of a cool way of doing it on Friday night and then celebrating Christmas at home was great. And then we just kind of took it easy over the weekend. I hope you were able to as well. But we had a great service that Friday night was packed. They were bringing in chairs. The chairs are still stacked up in the back there, a few of them at least. And it was a blessing. And it was just an awesome Christmas season all the way through from the uh, worship team's concert um, to the kids' presentation, uh, the Christmas party, uh, the candlelight, and and everything that we were able to do. The giving tree uh, this year was just over and above. Um, I was so grateful to be able to bless to be a blessing uh, to folks, and um, we certainly, uh, you certainly were a blessing. So I'm just grateful. It was a great season. I want to just real quick tell everybody, if you've been around Promise very long, at least a year, uh, you'll know this, uh, but if you're new to Promise this year, I want to tell you that January is always a very awesome, important, significant Fun, beneficial, I don't know, all these type of adjectives, uh, time of the year. And so 
Uh, when my wife and I uh, really started at the church, it was kind of something that we'd begun doing in our own life, just kind of starting the year with uh, what a lot of people call a Daniel's fast. It's a partial fast. It's really the most um, popular partial fast of the Bible. My wife and I would just do it at the beginning of the year, kind of kept it to ourselves and just kind of our way of doing things. But then as we started pastoring the church, we thought, why don't we just make this a church campaign and um, just really start the year off with prayer and fasting. And um, we've done that now. I think this will be the ninth time. And um, it's just been tremendous every year. So we're going to start that next Sunday. When you come next Sunday, in fact, you're going to start seeing things through the week already. But this next Sunday, when you come, you're going to get a fasting guide, prayer and fasting guide. It'll guide you through every 20, all the 21 days. That 21 days will span four Sundays. You'll get a prayer card, uh, fasting, prayer and fasting cards. You'll get the guide. We've got some Bible reading cards this year that I think will be fun. Um, last year, we did the Bible reading challenge where some folks read the Bible in 21 days, uh, which was amazing. We had like I don't know, between 10 and 20 people that did it. Um, I'm going to do it a little different this year because that was a lot, uh, a lot, lot. And I still hear from people that, that did it, that it was a lot. Um, so we're going to have a couple of different options this year. We're going to, we have, we have it printed. You'll, you'll have it. Um, I, I should have put it on the screen because we have it, but um, yeah, Carlin's doesn't have it. I could have done that. But um, the one side will be New Testament in 21 days. And so I kind of mapped that out and it wouldn't, it'd be bite-sized. It is still a commitment, but I think going through the New Testament in 21 days is possible for you. Uh, might have to cut something out. I don't know what it would be for you. Maybe Netflix or Facebook or whatever. How many know you can like scroll something and it was like an hour went by, right? I know you could do it in an hour's time. The other side of that card will have going through the whole Bible in 40 days. And I think that's a little easier than 21 days. Um, but it would still be a, a significant endeavor. Um, and then, of course, we do this every year. We have a 365 card. So you can go through the Bible. I believe most people tell you that it'd be about 15 minutes a day. You can make it through the whole Bible in a year. And so we'll have all of those resources available to help you. And I'm just looking forward to this January um, really time of revival, and it's a way that we always kind of seek God first and give Him uh, the first of our year, and I believe when we give God the first that He blesses the rest, and that is a principle throughout Scripture, and so I want to give God the first part of my year because I believe when we sow, we'll reap, and March, there'll be a blessing, January, uh, from January, seed being sown, and July, and all, and I, I see it every year, and I believe it, and we also, I know there's a lot, on those 21 days in the mornings, we'll have prayer right here, 6 a.m., quick time of worship, devotion, prayer, get you out by 6.30. If you're able to be here for that, or just once a week, twice a week, a few times a week, whatever it is. Um, that has been tremendous. We've had great turnouts. You'll hear from a different person in our Promise family every day. Lead that devotion that's in the guide that day. We have a song of worship. We have prayer time. And it just keeps you going uh, through those 21 days. So let me move on. I'm going to preach first Wednesday. Thank you to my wife. Um, yeah, first, because most of us don't know what day it is and like, you know. Uh, through this week. I guess it, we know it's Sunday, right? I don't know. Uh, it is Sunday now. So maybe we get back on track. First Wednesday is this Wednesday. So we've been having tremendous um, times 
with the Lord on that first Wednesday. I love that last first Wednesday. We've, I loved them all, but my goodness, I felt like I was preaching at camp meeting this last uh, time we had a first Wednesday. Like it was, it was on fire in here. Like I, it was, the worship really set the tone. I got up, I was like, wow, this place is electric. Uh, so let's bring that back um, this next first Wednesday. It'd be Wednesday night, 7 to 8. And um, I know there's probably a lot going on, but I'd love, love, love for you to be here then. Let me get into my message. I'm going to um, share a prayer um, with you of Moses. And it's um, in Psalm 90. And I love this teaching right here. And when I, when I saw this or when... I read this years ago. It uh, impacted me, and it's one of those principles that I want to share with you because I think there's wisdom in it. You'll see it in this verse, and I think of this probably once a week. Uh, I really do. It just comes to my mind in some way or shape or form, um, probably once a week. Now, as you're going there, it's interesting to note that this is not a psalm of David, but Psalm 90 is a psalm of Moses. And so herein lies a, uh, a psalm, a prayer uh, a, a, that, that Moses um, dedicated to the Lord. And he says this, it's a great, um, a great thing to pray. He says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. Why? so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He says, Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen trouble. So he's even thanking God for the hard days. How many know that not every day is going to be good, but that all days work together for good? to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so Moses says, Lord, I thank you even for the troubled days. I thank you for all of my days. He says in verse 16, may your deeds be shown to your servants and your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. And I love this prayer right here. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Hands. When we close out today, we're going to do communion together. It's our custom to do that at the beginning of the year. Um, I know that they were handing out communion elements on the way in. If you didn't get it on the way in, I want you to get it now. Maybe just raise your hand. If you didn't get communion elements, the ushers will move through. Anybody, anybody, anybody? Going once, twice. Okay, you can be seated. God bless you for being in the house today. You know, I... This passage has um, impacted me and always given me purpose in my life. Uh, I love this prayer, and I think that it could be or should be a prayer for all of us today. And it's just simply that phrase right there, Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach me to count my days. Teach me to understand that there is a number to my days. It's interesting because when God created the earth and everything in it, he asked Adam to name the animals. How many know that's right? And he gave man the responsibility to name all of the creatures of the earth. 
And Adam did as he was instructed, and he named all of the creatures. Think about that for a moment. He sees this uh, four-legged animal with black and white stripes on it, and he says, that's a zebra. You with me? We can have fun today. Where did he come up with that name? Zebra. You know, he sees a a big animal with a, a trunk on his face, and he says, that's an elephant. He sees one with a big horn, says that's a rhinoceros. Where did he get these names from? Names all of the animals. But God gave him that that duty to name all the animals, and he did. Every animal that he saw, he brought a name, attached a name to it. Then we see that the patriarchs of the Bible, when they would come to a certain place, whether that was a mountain or a valley uh, or a, a plain area, especially when something significant happened there, they would stop and they would name the place. Jacob had an encounter with the Lord and said, surely the Lord is in this place. Uh, he has this dream. He sacrifices right there, and he calls that place Bethel, which meant a place where God dwells a house of God. Abraham had that moment with his son Isaac up on the mountain uh, where he raises the knife and there is a ram that is caught in the thicket of the bushes. And he named that mountain Moriah, which meant God will provide. It was the city of David. The city was named after David that Christ was born in. Mount Sinai was named after Moses. Samuel took a stone. He laid it in the middle of the battlefield and he called it Ebenezer. I could go on and on and on through the scripture today, but I'm not trying to preach too long. But I'll tell you that every name of those places was significant. And furthermore, naming a child was not taken lightly. It was very significant. In fact, in those days, they didn't have gender reveal parties. They didn't paint the bedroom ahead of time with a letter uh, of their first name. They didn't know that it was going to be a girl until they saw it was a girl. They didn't know it was going to be a boy until they were presented uh, to the mother's arms. Uh, But even then, they didn't name the child when it was born. Oftentimes, they didn't name the child even when it was seven days old. Sometimes, the child would not even be named in the first year. The reason is they were waiting on characteristics of that child to emerge or something that happened in that life of the child or something significant that was going on around them at the time of their birth, oftentimes they would find a characteristic in the child that they wanted to emphasize and draw out of and accentuate and they would call the child by that name. Sometimes these names would even have prophetic utterance of something that, that, that they believed God for to happen in that child's life or maybe something they wanted the child to live up to. Jacob's name was supplanter and deceiver. Until that night with the angel, God changed his name uh, to Israel, which meant prince with God. I remember that Rachel was dying in child labor, and she wanted to name the child Benoni, son of my demise. But dad stepped in and said, no, I'm not going to put that name on my son. His name is going to be Benjamin, son of my right hand. Names were very significant, but notice when it comes to days, God never told Adam to name the days. In fact, we are told to number the days. Don't name it, but number it. Why? 
Because God created the first day and he didn't call it a Sunday, but he called it the first day. Notice in Genesis 1 in verse 5, it said, And the evening and the morning were the first day. Notice he didn't call it a Sunday. He called it the first day. He numbered it. And then the, very, the next verses will say, uh, I'm not going to get this all exactly right, but you know, the, the next day he uh, hangs the moon and the stars and separates the, the sky from the land and, and creates the water and the firmament and all of these things. And then at the end of each day, the second day, the third day, it would say, and that was, and the morning and the evening were the second day. And then it would say, and the morning and the evening was the third day. And then he created the creeping things and the crawling things and the beasts of the field and the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And the morning and the evening were the fourth day. And the morning and the evening was the fifth day. And he creates Adam on the sixth day. And it says, and the morning and the evening was the sixth day. And God rested on the seventh day. But he never called them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I believe God was trying to communicate something to us at the very beginning of the Genesis record that there is a number to our days. And much later, man named the days Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But God in his creation, he gave us a pattern of not naming the days, but numbering the days. Notice it didn't say that Jesus came out of the tomb on a Sunday morning, but it said he came out of the tomb on the, on the third day. Notice it didn't say Jesus went into the wilderness led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of Satan three separate times. And then on a Wednesday, he was tired and hungry and the angels came and ministered to him. No, it said on the 40th day, he was hungry, he was weak, and the angels of the Lord came and ministered to him because the number of the day is very significant. The feast of the Passover, God said, on the first month and the 14th day, you will celebrate the feast of the Passover. Then, not a bunch of Tuesdays down the line, seven Tuesdays in one day. No, he didn't say that. He said 50 days later will be the day of Pentecost because there's a number to the days. I just want to communicate something very simple to you today that God wants us to number our days because I believe if we'll number our days, we will appreciate them so much more. I told you when we started today that this is the day that the Lord has made and I am going to rejoice and be glad in every day that God has given me because if I'll number the days, I'll appreciate them more. I just want to say that today is a gift. If you woke up in today, and I believe the sun is shining, you have breath in your body, you have life in your body, you opened your eyes, you are breathing air, you can love your loved ones today, you can smile, you can hug, you can leap, you can jump. You can dance, you can raise your hands, you can pray, you can give God a worship, you can give God a praise. We ought to be able to thank God for every day that he's given us, because I've only got so many.
and God told me to number the days. You know, even if this day brings trouble, I can know that there's a number to the troubling days. I can know that trouble won't last always because there is a number to the days of my trouble. I've got to number my days because every time I go through a good season, I want to enjoy those days because there's a number to the good days. But when I go through the bad days, I want it to give me endurance and know that I've only got so many days in this tough season. I'm going to number the days because it's not going to last always. When I'm walking on the mountaintop, enjoy it. Because you're only going to walk on the mountain for so many days. And then you're going to walk in the valley. But keep on walking because you're only going to walk in the valley for a number of days. There's a beginning day and an expiration day. I want to just tell somebody that every storm, every test, every trial you go through has an expiration day on it. Because there is a number to your days. I remember that Noah was in a storm and it rained for 40 days and for 40 nights. But on the 40th day, the rain stopped. And I'll tell you, there is a day that is marked for the rain to stop and you will walk out of whatever you walked into. So know that that weeping may endure for a night. But joy will come through in the morning. You might be walking through a valley today. You might be walking through a storm today. But I want to tell you that there's a number to it. And that the storm won't last always. And that weeping won't happen for always. But I want to tell somebody today that the sun will break through the clouds. That joy will come in the morning. And there is a number to my days. We're going into... I've been writing that fasting guide all week, so it's so help me or be, uh, be okay with me if I want to preach about Daniel in those 21 days for a few minutes here. It's been in my mind all week. But when Daniel went on that 21-day fast in chapter 10, the Bible said that there was a set time that Daniel purposed in his heart to seek the Lord. And there was a set time that that wicked stronghold power over that city was able to withhold the power of the angel. Notice again, it's a a number. It was a divine appointment. It was something that God put in Daniel's spirit to outlast, you with me now? To outlast whatever endurance the enemy had to withstand. And so I don't know if it was that the enemy had 21 days of fuel in its tank and God put in Daniel's heart, hey, you just fast and pray. Seek me for 21 days and one second and that'll break through. I don't know if it's quite like that. I know that God sent the the angel Michael and it broke through. There's things we don't understand in the spirit realm, but just my simple brain wants to think of it that way, that God put 21 days on Daniel's heart to accomplish the will of God for his people while they were in captivity. And I, I don't know if you've done the 21 days. I know that Daniel was counting those 21 days down. He was... He was marking them off. I'll tell you, he was numbering the days. 18, 17, 6. You with me? Steak, chicken. (laughs) 
I don't know if they ate chicken, but they might have. He definitely, they loved cattle back then. Steak, New York strips, prime rib, sirloin, burger. He was, he was counting those days down, people. But he purposed in his heart to seek the Lord for 21 days. God put that on his heart. And that's not just casually seeking God. It's not just praying a two-second prayer while the elevator is going from floor three to floor one. It's not just, well, if I think about it, I'll pray about it. No, it was a commitment saying, I don't care what happens over these 21 days. I don't care what comes against me on these 21 days. But I am setting and purposing in my heart to seek God for those 21 days. The Bible said in verse number 12 of chapter 10 that he set in his heart to seek the Lord. When you set in your heart and your mind to do something, when you set in your spirit to do something, if God puts those number of days on your heart, you ought to listen to God because he, there's something that he's wanting to do in your life. And again, it was on that 21st day. The Bible said that the angel was dispatched on the first day. But there was, a, there was a withstanding, there was a stronghold that held for 21 days. But he didn't stop short, and he didn't quit, and he kept praying, and he kept fasting, and he kept pressing. And guess what? On the 21st day, there was a breakthrough. Just like on the 40th day, the rain stopped raining because the clouds ran out of rain. And I believe the enemy ran out and said, hey, he's going to keep fasting. He's going to keep praying until the breakthrough comes. And when the breakthrough came, it happened to be on the day that God said in his heart to pray and fast. I believe there's something there. There's insight there into the spirit realm. Of when we vow, when we fast and we pray, there's a breakthrough in the heavenlies. This, this psalm said, teach me to number my days. Teach me to count them. Because the longer you live, I think the more you realize, I'm not as young as I used to be. I had a birthday last week, and I've been telling folks that 29 was rough on me. But 29 was 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't have as many of them as I used to have. Uh, even when you're young, you don't have as many of them as you used to have. There are a few more days in your rear view than there were last January 1st and fewer in your windshield. I think there are things that you might give your energy to 10 years ago, but now you say, I, I got to prioritize my days. Because I've only got so many of them left. Maybe there were things that you would get offended about and let consume you and allow you to get mixed up, messed up, and thrown off course 10 years ago. But now you say, time is short. I want to get that. I want to get that under the blood. I, I, want, to, I want to call that family. Time is short. I want to, I want to make things right with them. I, because I don't have so much time to hold a grudge for a decade. I'm not promised tomorrow. I want to get that right. I don't have as many days as I used to have. And so I'm going to prioritize the things in my life. And I just want to give honor to everybody here today. It's the second day of the year. And y'all are in the 
the house of God. And it shows where your priorities are at, saying, you know what? I might not have as many days as I used to have, but the days I have left, I want to make count. I want to live for God. I want to I bless somebody else. I want to I read God's Word. I, I want to live the life that God has called me to live because I, I only have so many days. And that's why I think we got to pray this psalm. Teach me to number my days. I don't want to waste any of them because there's a number to them. I don't want to waste my life because there's a number to it. I don't want to waste my time because there's a number to it. I don't want to waste my anointing because there's only so much I'm going to have of it. I don't want to waste my life because God has put a number on my days. And I think that as you age, you become more strategic with the time that you have. A young person might say, oh, we're just hanging out. What are you doing? Nothing. When are you going to get there? I don't know. We're just chilling out. We're just taking it easy. And that's fine. That's probably good. Maybe some of us need to do that more. But youth just felt like I was drifting. I had all the time in the world. But as you age, you realize there's a number to my days. And maybe that's why Moses prayed, Lord, teach me to number my days. He's given us an opportunity, a moment, a chance, a life, and he's given us a number to those days. John Maxwell, he tells a story of a man that lived this verse that Moses penned. He said one day he got to thinking about the value of his days, and he got a calculator out assuming that he would live the life of an average male that is 75 years. That's the average lifespan for a male in America. That means if there's 52 weeks in a year and you multiply that by 75 years, help me with my math, somebody, meaning that if you get to live 75 years, then that means you get to live 3,900 weeks. 3,900 weeks, and then the number of your days is over. It doesn't sound like a lot when you put it in those words. And so he had to subtract from those 3,900 weeks because he was already 50 years old. So he did the math, and according to his calculations, he had already lived 1,300, uh, or he had already lived rather 2,600 weeks, and so he only had 1,300 weeks left. So he bought two glass vases and he put them in his living room. And on the, on the, in the vase on the left, he had 2,600 marbles in that vase. On the other side of the room, he put a vase with 1,300 marbles in that one. And every Sunday, he would take one marble from this one and transfer it to the other one so that he would get in his mind that I've only got so many days. I have to be careful about how I'm spending my days. I've got a number to my days. And I want to ask myself, did I live those days for the Lord? Did I live this day, this week, this month, this year? Did I live it for God? The energy and the time and the resources and the things that God has put in my life, did I live it for Him? Did I, did I bless somebody else with? Did I, did, I, did I share my testimony? Did I tell somebody about the good things of God? Did I prioritize the things of God 
in this week as I move that marble from one vase to the other. Music come. I'm going to close today soon. You know, I love this verse here in Hebrews. I love this passage in Hebrews. It is commonly called the hall of faith because the Bible will give um, really a, just a quick uh, just a quick verse about the story of somebody's life, what their life spoke of. If we whittle it all down, uh, what would you say about this man or this woman in just one verse? And, and if you, as you read that, you'll, you'll read the testimony of all of these people from Abraham to Moses to Sarah, even Samson and David. And then it mentions this man, Enoch. And it says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. If you know about Enoch, he was walking with God and he didn't see death. He was just, in a sense, raptured. The Lord took him. And it said before he was taken, he had this testimony. This was his testimony that he pleased God. What a testimony that is. It doesn't say, and maybe he was, but it doesn't say, that he was big and strong. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he was a successful businessman. Maybe he was. I hope that he was. But that's not what his testimony was. It it doesn't say that he had a a big house or he drove a nice car. It doesn't say, there's a lot of things we don't know. But here's the number one thing about his life. Here is the testimony that he had, is that he pleased God. And that testimony was so powerful that I don't know why God chose to do it, but he didn't even see death. The Lord raptured him. He had this testimony that he pleased God. And so I want us to stand today. And I want us to to consider this as we prepare to take communion. And as we consider the Lord's sacrifice. I remember that I was preaching just a couple weeks ago about Um, the advent of Christ, the the coming of Christ, that he suffered rejection, that there was no room for him in the end, even on the first night, and that it was prophetic that all through his life he would be rejected. But what's amazing is he faced that rejection subjected himself to that rejection so that everyone would have an opportunity to receive him. And as we reflect this week and today as on our life, I want us to, to look today and say, has my life pleased the Lord? As I begin to receive this communion, have I properly appreciated everything that God has done for me in living a life that is pleasing to the Lord?
Because of all the things that I do, all the things that I am this year and all the things that I do, if the only thing you could say is that he pleased God, that's a powerful testimony. If the only thing that you accomplished this year is, I pleased God, that's a powerful testimony. And I wonder if we could just resolve today on really this first Sunday, one of the first days of the year, and say, you know what, Lord? I want to please you. I want to please you. And so as you get this in your hand, we're going to pray. I love that David said it this way. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. I wonder if we could pray that prayer today. Would you bow your heads with me? Just say, Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? I want to be right with you. I want to be washed in your blood. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Forgive me today. I turn from everything that is unpleasing to you. I receive your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace. I want to be filled by your spirit, Lord. I want to be ready to meet you in the air. Lord, help us to number our days and help us to live them to please you. I think of that song that said, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. It said in Luke 22, in verse 19, that he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As you take the bread, he said, it represents my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Do in remembrance of me until I come. You can receive the bread. In verse 20, it said, In the same way after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. And as you hold the cup, may it represent the blood of Jesus Christ, which is shed for the remission of sin. And he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I return again. Receive this cup. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this house. Lord, we thank you for your advent, for your sacrifice, for your resurrection, for your suffering, for the poverty that you took on so that we might become rich, for the suffering that you took on so that we wouldn't receive it. Lord, for the sacrifice that you made so that we can have forgiveness. 
and we thank you for it today. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Would you just lift this up this morning and receive grace? Receive the mercy of the Lord in your life. That is 
take inventory it's natural to do at the beginning of the year you might feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be there's days in my rear view and I thought I'd be further along or I thought I'd be here or I'd be there I want to declare the promise of God over your life today that says he can restore years the King James said that the canker worm has eaten but that's the locust. And somebody might look back today and say, I lost a year. I lost five years. I lost a decade. I want to declare to you today that by the precious blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Calvary, that he can restore lost years, that he can restore lost relationships, that he can restore lost anointing, that he can restore what the enemy has taken. And I believe that for somebody today in the precious name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you for this time in your house. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for this house and this people, God. And as we go from this place, God, let us leave empowered with strength, direction, and anointing. And we pray it today. In Jesus' name. How many said amen? Amen. God bless you for being in the house today on a holiday weekend. Greet somebody in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend. And don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.